0: This episode of the A List Podcast is brought to you by BetOnline.ag and Indeed.com. Welcome into the A List Podcast. I'm Kwani Lunis, Asha Blakely, Gary Washburn. Join me. The NBA season is over. The Golden State Warriors are the champs. How are, are you,
1: you feeling? Well, Quani, are you are you giving the Celtics their flowers with the crown that you write? Is, is that yes. is that kind of your your way of kind of you know? giving them their props for a really good season.
0: I like that because there's been so much negativity surrounding the fact that they lost. Let's not forget the Warriors are a good team, whether you didn't think that at the beginning of the season when they had a slow start. I'll give the Celtics their flowers, but this is also for the summer solstice. It's the longest day in the year. But yes, the Celtics do deserve some flowers. So let's focus on the positives because, you know, I like to focus on positivity. On the steady
1: flowering positives. Okay,
0: flower power. I see you. Yeah, flower power. But what were some of your takeaways from that game six loss? Let's start with that. And then we'll go into the positivity.
1: Well, I mean, Golden State, look, they, they smelled blood in the water and they did what all great teams do. They put them away as quickly as they can. Steph Curry clearly the MVP, they got big games from lots of different guys. And that really was the story of the series. I thought that, you know, Steph Curry, I thought he played good. For the most part, but it was the impact that others around him made that I thought ultimately spelled the difference. You, Draymond Green, Klay Thompson had you know one or two really good games. Jordan pull off the bench, you know the third Flash brother was doing his thing. Uh, you know you know Gary Payton second had his best playoff game scoring wise ever in the finals. And you start going down the list, they had like three or four or five guys that were Kevin Looney. I thought was really solid throughout, even though his minutes I, I thought were a little bit less than they should have been. But the bottom line is you, there's a long laundry list of players who are as good or better than they normally are. Whereas the Celtics, when you look at the ledger on their side, other than Al Horford, I'm not sure there's anyone that you could look at and felt they played as well or better than they normally do. And, and if that's the case, you know, the fact that you even went six games Is is certainly a testament to what you are and what you're about, but that doesn't do anything to soothe the wounds that I know the players, the coaches, the organization is feeling because they know they had it, they had a shot, and they didn't do all the things you're supposed to do when you when you get that opportunity.
2: Yeah, I thought that um, they really had a chance to win the series. Obviously, the fourth quarter of Game Four is a, 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 a stretch that people will point to if they close out that game and don't get outscored like 17-6 to six to end it, then they, they take command of the series. It looked like they were fighting Golden State off. They had, had you know, like, took in their best blow, and then all of a sudden the, the offense shuts down. And then I think after that, the wind was knocked out of their sails. Like, they just weren't the same team. Game five, they played an outstanding defense against Curry. And, you know, he went 0 for 9. They still lost the game by 10 points. Uh, and I just think game six, they they threw, they just didn't have a lot left. Uh, Jason Tatum just had a, a really, unfortunately, bad series in terms of just his impact and scoring. And especially in the second half, he got off to good starts, couldn't finish him, wasn't that closer. Jalen Brown carried him at times. Al Horford had his moments. And then the bench just wasn't there. I mean, I think what this series did, if you're a Celtic fan, looking to the long term, it exposed their weaknesses that they need to improve on the offseason so they can improve on them. You know, you don't run it back. I think the Celtics saw what it takes to be a champion. They're not quite there. And so they can't just run it back. You know, oh, everybody's going to get better in the summer. Like, you got to upgrade some positions you got to make improvements i think that's the silver lining in this series for the celtics is they know that they're close they won two games they could have won a third uh but and they played good enough defense to win the series quite honestly golden state didn't have a, a game where they scored 130 140 points but the offense couldn't score so it's time for some upgrades in several positions and i think that they were you know, unfortunately, exposed, and they just—they were the second best team in the NBA. There's nothing wrong with that, but it doesn't leave a good taste in your mouth.
1: No, for for them, Gary. You know what, though, what, what jumps out to me is, is that there were truly two, really two areas that I think, and Brad Stevens kind of alluded to that in his, uh, you know, postseason uh, press conference, that they need another guy who can go out there and get buckets, and I and I think they need that, and they need, I think, a a, a legitimate playmaking backup. I don't think they need to bring in someone who's better than Marcus Smart because w- the criticism of Marcus Smart, I, I think is, is just, is, it's not, it's displaced. When you think about the fact that look who he has played behind when he's been in Boston, Isaiah Thomas, Kyrie Irving, Kimball Walker. I mean, the li- you take another player at his position and you put them on the same roster with the guys that he's played with. How many of them are really going to, Get that starting knot. How many of them are going to play major minutes? Uh, I think Marcus, this was the first year where he had a legitimate shot to run the team. And yes, he was, he was not as great as people would have liked, but he did not totally suck. There were certainly, there were more games where he helped them be successful than there were not. And I'd like to see him have a, a counter coming off the bench of someone who can just run an offense that can run. Does, they don't have to necessarily get you buckets or anything like that, but someone who can be a, a, a facilitating organizer out there uh, to compliment him and, and play, frankly, fill an area that I think he could, eat, that they need someone to bolster if they're going to get over that hump and win a title. Because Gary, your point is spot on. They're close. They're damn close. And
2: still, yeah. No, I'm sorry. I just think with Marcus, uh, I mean, I think the question is, does he need, what do they do in terms of getting into their office? Fourth quarter offense was a problem all season, okay? And it was accentuated by the Warriors. The Warriors just blew it out in proportion that this team isn't a good fourth quarter team in terms of, like, scoring the basketball, running their offense. How much of that responsibility is on Marcus? How much is on Tatum? How much is on Jalen Brown? But the the, the fact is, is that you need a playmaker. You need someone who can shoot. You need someone who can get into the paint. need someone who can distribute the ball. I think Marcus did as best as he could in his responsibilities. I thought he had a good, strong, solid season. But do you need an upgrade? I'm not talking about replacing Marcus, but someone that can take some of his minutes or move him to another position or, you know, because I just think that you could either keep running the same situation out there and hope the fourth quarter defense gets better. Or hire a quote-unquote offensive coordinator who can get you into some sets that will be successful, or you get a guy who can come out and you know run your offense, get into the paint, drive to the basket, just you know shoot the shoot a mid-range, boom. Like you know, I mean, you look, I mean, we joke about how good a guy like Ish Smith is against the Celtics; he drives him crazy, but he also can get you into your offense. He's the greatest start issue. If no, but a guy like that who can get you into your sets, who can get you the ball, get Tatum and Brown the ball where they don't need to dribble as much. Uh, that's going to be a big issue in the summer. Like, how do they approach that? You know, is Marcus good enough to take this team to a championship level? He doesn't need to be a championship level point guard. He doesn't need to be an all star point guard, but is he good enough to take them to that next level in terms of? Take running the offense because fourth quarter offense was a problem all
1: year. I I agree. I agree. But but Gary, I'll tell you right now, I I think he is good enough. But here's what I see happening in the fourth quarter. If you're the Celtics and you want to upgrade that you make Tatum your primary playmaker and you get him guys who can make shots. I mean, Tatum has shown the ability to evolve into someone who can make plays for others. He can score still, but he's also has stepped his playmaking game up. But and you look at the guys that he's surrounded in terms of, of knocking down shots, there's just not a lot of guys on, on his roster. I would like to see him with a a Jordan Poole-like guy to play with. Uh so that in the fourth quarter, you can have Marcus on the floor, but Marcus could be maybe your third playmaking option uh, where Tatum is your number one. And you've got a, a score who can knock a dead on spot on shooter that Tatum can get the ball to. And if they play that guy too close, then Tatum can take his man off the dribble and Marcus smart can be that third wheel at that point, because at, up to that point in the game, Marcus has been the guy that's helped organize things. But in the fourth quarter, Tatum has to be the guy that's driving that train and he needs to have at least one guy that he can count on who can make an open damn shot from the perimeter. Because he's going to draw defenses, and he, they're going to get open shots. But we saw Pritchard up and down in that regard. Neesmith more down than up. Jalen Brown uh, more down than up in the fourth quarter. Inconsistent in that regard. He there wasn't that one guy um, that he could count on. I look at guys like Terrence Ross. Uh, I look at guys like T.J. Warren, who are I think guys who are all about getting buckets. They need one. They need another guy who can just go out there and get buckets.
0: So that being said, how have you seen Marcus Smart's game improved over this year, but specifically during the playoffs?
2: You go first, Gary. Well, I just think he's been more efficient, but I just, I just saw some of the things in the the finals, especially some of those quote unquote trick passes, the no look, the Mm -hmm. silly turnovers, you know, the emotional play, uh, you know. Taking too many threes, some of the things that have been his issue over the years started to creep up again. And I think he had a nice, strong season. I thought he showed a lot of people uh, what he could do. He proved a lot of people wrong. But I I also think that he's got to shore up some things. You know, I don't think he's ever going to be a great shooter, but, you know, it's okay for Marcus to take a mid range shot. It's okay, but I think, you know, it's okay for him to, to, to make the extra pass, but, and, and then just the, the fancy stuff this, that's not your game, Marcus, you're not magic Johnson. You know, you're not Jason kid, like stop it with the like no look and all that. That looks cool. it makes sports center highlights, but a lot of those passes were picked off Were not, you know, it just, you know, that I just think back to uh, game five, when he threw a lob into Jalen, who was triple covered. And it was just like knocked away. And then they got to run out. It was just one of those, like, you know, come on, Mark. like, you got to be sound with the ball, take care of the ball. The reason not, the turnovers aren't all his fault, but like, I think it's a byproduct of Jalen and Jason handling the ball too damn much, trying to create their own shot. They need someone who can help them create their own shot. I'm sorry, create their shots for them as opposed to Jason always taking dudes off the drill, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, they, I mean, Tatum and Brown, that's a big part of their game. Just like for Marcus, a big part of his game, unfortunately, is is taking, making some of those crazy ass passes. Uh, That's what he do, but let's not act like, you know, um, that's something that we don't expect to see. That's part of who he is, but so is making hustle plays that very few people have, can make that he makes regularly, and and I, and again, I, I think Marcus—he's one of those players that you got to take the bitter with the sweet. Uh, and and the, the mistakes that you're pointing to, Gary, th- there's no question that's something the Celtics would like him to shore up a little bit. But I just think that his overall body of work is—is is there's more positives to that than negatives. And the thing that I keep coming back to as I kind of look at the season, you know, in retrospect, and just look at his career in, in a much wider vacuum than just an 82 game slate this is really the first time he's had a chance to be that lead guard for these guys. And, and even though obviously he's not a rookie, when you go through something the first time, there's a lot of learning that goes with that. And so I'm curious to see what he does next season when he has a full year under his belt, because remember he was on the cusp of being the team starting point guard when he got hurt and the little fellow Isaiah Thomas stepped into the starting lineup. And it was a wrap after that, when Marcus got healthy again, he was coming off the bench because Isaiah was that good. And so his opportunity to be that lead guard has been delayed for just simply because the guys ahead of him were better. And that, and that's fine. That doesn't mean he's a bad player. It just means they were better. He got his chance this year to be the lead guard. They get all the way to the NBA finals. And yet we're wondering whether or not he's good enough to be win a championship. I think the guys around the Celtics have to be better. Uh, Marcus can obviously improve. There's no doubt about it. His game has to get better. Yeah, but let's not pretend so, uh, his I game you, is right. the reason why they didn't get a championship. Game,
2: game seven against Miami where he decided he was going to be the dude taking the dagger shot. Like, and he, I mean, they almost blew that lead. And yeah. if Jimmy Butler hits that three, the whole narrative for the season is different. You're Jimmy right. It's that three. Like, Marcus has to, Marcus has to be like, okay, He's not, like, Steph is capable. Steph Curry is a spectacular player, um, capable of spectacular things. So when he hits, he takes the 30-footer, he takes the shot off the the screen and, and, like, tries to draw the foul. Most of the time it goes in, right? Yeah. Okay? That's why he's one of the greatest to ever play
1: the game. Steph can do that. But if you're
2: not that player, Marcus can't do those things. The dagger three, the, like, and I get it. Like, he's a solid, he's turned himself into a decent, decent three-point shooter. But let Tatum take that shot. Let Brown take that shot. Your job as the point guard is to get the ball to your teammates, run the show, run the offense. And, and I think Marcus sometimes wants, he confuses, he wants to be a scorer and a, a, a point guard. Like, he's got to have a clear message, right? A clear Goal. Like, my job is to score when I need to, but damn it, get the ball to my teammates, get the lobs to rob, get the ball to Jalen and Jason, and, like, get that offense going with as much efficiency as possible. Because this offense was not efficient this season, and that's partly because of Marcus, some of the showboating, some of the questionable decisions. So he's got to shore that up. Right? Like, and you we can, we can run it back with him as the starting point guard. But when Brad says we need a playmaker, you know, you need a backup point. Like, he needs someone that can come off the bench. It's not Peyton Pritchard, unfortunately. Peyton's not a point guard. You know, he, he's, he's a shooting, he's a six-foot shooting guard who isn't as efficient as you'd like him to be shooting. Aaron Neesmith, he was supposed to be Jordan Poole. That ain't work. Okay, that ain't work. Like, the reason that Jordan Poole was a 28th pick in the draft that the Celtics took Grant Williams, and they had Matisse Thibel. they had two chances of Jordan Poole. And people, some people thought Jordan Poole was a bad pick, and he's really developed, right? But you look at that draft, and it's like, that's kind of on Danny. I'm not going to say, oh, they should have taken Jordan Poole. A lot of teams missed on Jordan Poole. But D. Smith was supposed to be that dead-eye shooter, and E. May doesn't trust him. And that's a whole topic we can talk about is what to do with D. Nee Smith. Mm-hmm. He's one of the best shooters and great. He's an outstanding, exceptional shooter, but in practice. And you and I should have seen there's some great, great shooters in practice. I mean, you, you know. Miletus is one of the best practice players ever played in the NBA. And when they're working out at practice and they're zero, one on zero, and they're hitting 22 threes in a row. Blatter. It happens. It matters. as happens in a damn game, man. The game. I'm going to go, Iverson, on you. you're talking about practice. Not practice. Yeah, not a game. Aaron, Aaron, like, Aaron, oh, I'm, I'm one of the best. Like, it just didn't translate in games. That's the problem with a bunch of guys who could shoot in practice. I mean, I saw. Before game seven against Miami, I saw Dwayne Dedman knocking down threes in in, in warmups. Okay, seven foot Dwayne Dedman. So anybody can shoot threes, you got to make them in a game. And I think that and the lack lack of development from from Neesmith really hurt this team because they didn't have another option. And he was kind of like, well, we'll play him if we have to. And you don't want your first round pick 14th overall to be the, well, we'll play him, in case, we'll break glass in case of emergency. No, you want to go to him and that's what hurt the team. His lack of development this year really damaged that bench because after him, you know, uh, you know, you had Stauskas and Sam Hauser, guys that you didn't expect much out of. And so the thing is, everybody's got to get better. But smart is definitely on that list.
0: Gary really just went on his own practice rant. I think we need to put it up against
2: AI uh, see which one we like best. We are talking about practice. I'm, I'm good in practice. That's fantastic. But not a game. <laughs> but not a game. Not the game. We got the game. we uh, are talking about practice. I'm Mr. Practice. I'm good. So we, at, I'm, I'm knocking him <laughs> down in practice. i mean knocking him practice. down in practice too. He said that. And I... And I, and I and I, and I like Aaron. He's a good kid. He, he's trying, but it just it, it hasn't worked out, especially when you got Desmond Bain shooting 45%. We bring up Desmond Bain again. It's like that's what they needed. Jordan Poole is what they needed. And, you know, those guys don't come cheap. You have to cultivate those guys. So do you hope Aaron becomes that guy next year? Uh, that's a lot.
0: We talked about how Marcus has grown and what he can improve. on. Um, what about Jason Tatum? What have you guys seen from him? Turnover. Uh, well, yeah, more he's I mean, improved what? his turnover. Can we can That's we right.
2: that ain't right? That ain't right. All right. That ain't right. No, Quart- Now, Quart- 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 supposed to be like, like flower power. I know, I'm telling
0: you the
1: positivity. She she's coming with the dandelions on that one. Damn. <laughs> she giving him the dandelions on that. We- uh, Tatum obviously needs to get better in terms of of managing his turnovers. but I I think for him, the biggest thing is he's got to, and Brad touched on this a, a little bit about, he talked about how Tatum's leadership has improved this year from previous years. He's a little bit more vocal. That needs to continue to get better. He needs to get into that. Look, it's a five point game. I'm taking over if if I listen, I am taking over and they're not going to stop me. He needs to be more. And and again, different kind of player, but he needs to have that Jimmy Butler edge about him in the fourth quarter. Jimmy Butler can go two for 17 to three quarters. But, you know, damn, well, he's taking every single shot he can in the fourth quarter. And damn near more times than not, they go down. there's a different gear that Jason Tatum's game has to go to in the fourth quarter that he has not discovered yet. And that doesn't make him a bad player. It just means that he's a 25, 24 year old who hasn't figured out how to take that, that next step from being an exceptionally gifted player to an upper echelon. I'm building my hall of fame resume right now in the moment kind of player. Uh, He's not there yet. Uh, But, but again, it's crazy that we're being critical of a team that's being led by a 24 and a 25 year old. When you start looking around the NBA and you start looking at the teams that are in the conversation for a championship, they ain't that damn young. They're much older, they've gone through some things. And that's why if you're the Celtics, you know that you don't really have to do a whole lot with your roster to position yourselves to win a championship because you're damn near won one this year with a 24 and 25 year old carrying the weight. All you need to do is add another playmaker, and I think you're good. You're
2: good. No, nah, I disagree, Sharad. I think they need to do a lot with this roster. Um, and I'm not talking about the frontline guys. Okay. I'm talking about, like, improve the bench. That's bench, not it. Yeah,
0: there's no bench.
1: I just gave you two. If, if you add two, if you add a dead on shot maker who? and a playmaker, like who? like who? A guy that can get don't buckets don't like, don't a like a TJ Warren.
2: Joe Harris, Joe Harris makes 20 million a year. Can't afford Joe Harris. No, I'm not talking about Joe Harris. I'm talking about like, well, just my little Joe Harris, because people think because he only shoots three, he doesn't make that much. He makes 20 million. Like getting the knockdown shooter is either A, you cultivate them, B, you hope you hope that like you hope someone comes cheap in the mid-level or whatever or takes a discount to play for the Celtics. I'll take a discount. Seventeen million dollar trade exception to get a guy like a Duncan Robinson, right? If you use that and you add on, and you become a luxury tax team. I think they. Have, I'm not talking about they have a lot. They got to overhaul the roster, but they have to do a lot of little tweaks. Like yeah. the third big, obviously, Eme doesn't think much of Daniel Tice. It was a great story, him coming back. Oh, Daniel's back. Like whatever reason, like Eme didn't trust him. Because you can't expect Rob to play 80 games. He's not. Okay. Corford's 36. So you need a dependable third big man to come off the bench and give you some minutes to knock some dudes down and get some rebounds. Okay. Obviously, Grant's not that probably, guy, Gary.
0: Grant's huh? not that guy.
2: So he, no. Where
0: was he? Where was he? didn't show up.
2: Grant, where, had a bad Grant, series. Grant got it. Draymond got in his head. Offensively he wasn't there. And it's just like, they did the Derek White deal. The Derek White deal to me has been a failure. Sorry. One, Josh Richardson was hooping for this team. Josh Richardson was doing well. I don't know why they had to put him in that deal, but I, I thought he was a dog. Like, the team needs dog. Derrick came over. He shot 31% from three. He scored three points total in the last two games of the series, the finals. Like, you know, and then it's like, okay, well, he better, he best be, if that's the case, he best be a shutdown defender. Well, it, it, eventually the Warriors were switching everything to white because he couldn't guard Andrew Wiggins. So I'm not saying Derek's a bad player. He can help, but to depend on him to be the shooter, don't know. You can't do that anymore or score any points. Derek is going to be a bonus. They try. They thought, oh, Derek, come. Like, remember email telling us, oh, well, you know, yeah, he shoots 34% from three, but that'll improve because he's getting a lot of open three looks. Well, we saw him get a lot of open three looks with the Celtics, and what happened? The one in Game Six, he hit the damn side of the backboard. Like, I'm not, and I'm not ripping him. Like, I think he's a solid player, but he he makes seven, he makes 17 million. Like, build a team is hard. Okay when dudes don't live up to expectations. When you try to do through the draft, Pritchard is, is done okay, but he's not like that knockdown shooter. Now, will he improve in the summer? He's not gonna grow any, and he's probably not gonna, so you're gonna have to hope he just starts knocking down shots. Grant, I think is a good player, but he's maxing him, maxing his skill set, And then Derek White, and then Neesmith, like, like to me, they gotta upgrade the bench. And that's not easy. Okay, you're going to have to go into the luxury tax, and you're going to have to rely, you know, Robert's not playing 80 games, so you're going to have to need a big, like, that's a lot of work. This is not just, yeah, Tatum is back, Brown is back, you want to bring Marcus back, okay, Al, you're starting five, okay, but they need some assistance. And you know how they can get
0: that assistance. (laughs) You need to go to work, Quarney. I've been listening to Sharad too much, but I promise That's you... That's too much. Quarney <laughs> has beneath you, but go ahead. I, indeed, they are the hiring platform for the Celtics. They can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Yes, so, indeed! So instead of spending hours at the NBA draft or doing free agency, they can spend time finding the right candidates and Indeed has a powerful hiring partner that can help you do it. So find the great talent, Faster through their virtual match assessments and virtual interviews, 80% of employers get quality candidates. So the Celtics get a quality bench with Indeed. And of course, the easiest way to do it is using our code, ALIS, you'll get a sponsored job credit. So you can upload your job listing and get $75 off of that first listing. Sign up for Indeed.com. The Celtics, again, they could use it as well. But if you're looking to hire for your business, sign up with our code, Indeed.com slash list. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Indeed! Indeed they do. So what else do the Celtics need to work on? We were talking about positivity. One person that had a pretty successful, relative successful playoff run was Robert Williams. Despite the injuries, defensively, he was that guy for Boston. What do you want to see him improve on next year? Obviously hoping he can continue to stay healthy. Oh, Gary.
2: Obviously just get some rest. I think Robert needs more of a post game, like
0: Mm a little short
2: jumper, a little jump hook, like work, go to a big man camp, go and learn the skills of just like, and I said, he's, he's blossomed. I think he's a, a, a
0: like this flower on my head.
2: <laughs> I think I have a headache. I like, can't believe
1: she said that.
2: Yeah, but it's just awful. Anyway, um he needs to develop a, not a long like you know, he ain't gonna be here in 20 years off the pick and roll, but he needs to develop a post game to where everything in a dunk or layup or put back, like three foot hook, six foot hook, left-handed hook, right? Like go to a big man's camp back in the old days, take a drink. Back um, in the They used to add the Pete Newell's big man camp. And a lot of the emerging, developing big men in the eighties and nineties used to go to Hawaii for like two weeks and work with Pete Newell, um, Berkeley coach, great coach at Berkeley. He was like a guru for the centers. And these was guys a would coach go... At Berkeley?
0: Damn, Why are you playing behind him like Berkeley? Right was. behind him.
2: The greatest, greatest public school in the world. So he would go and work with these guys. Like Akeem used to go. Like a lot of these developing big men. Because that was the next move. Okay, you can dunk and all that. But what's your next move after they Vander start game. to dunk? Can you yeah. get a little five-foot, six-foot jump hook? A little short J. That's what Robert needs to do. Be in the gym every day. You can he can run fine, he can block the shots, he can rebound, work on one, he's got a little short jumper, it just takes him a long time to release it. Mm-hmm. Like it's like he got to you know, he, he got to get it going, right? Yeah. He's got to get it run, just right. Like catch and shoot, yeah. Yeah. He needs to develop a, sh- a short medium range post game where you know even if it's calling up Kareem, how to shoot a hook shot. Like get someone who knows Kevin McHale, somebody, you know, call Robert Pitt, somebody who knows, can show him some tips. You can go travel down to wherever they are and work with them. And now, and develop that part of the game where it just makes the defense even have to guard more than, okay, all we got to do with Robert is prevent, screen him out. Because remember, when he was getting the ball, he was bringing it down. And the Warriors was like strip, strip, like they were starting to strip him, right? Because he he's got to stop bringing the ball to his to his waist, because that's I mean, how many turnovers did he have in the finals when he was getting stripped? Because that was a thing. He brings it down, strip him. They're not going to call the foul generally on strips of big men like that, especially when it's Curry or an established or Draymond, an established defender who knows how to strip. So. Offensive, arsenal, and keep the ball up high. Just the little things that big men need to work on. Robert's only 24 years old, so he's got plenty of time to develop. And But take this summer series. Get his rest, mm-hmm. get that knee right. Then in August or late August, go to somebody's camp or work with, go to Akeem or whoever you need to go to and go to somebody big man camp. The NPA brotherhood
0: is so strong, though, when you mentioned that it's easy to get anyone's number. It, feel, it seems as though, at least from the outside looking in and to your point, they can just easily reach out to someone and say, hey, I want to develop skills like the way you have. And for the most part, I think rivalries aside, most vets and retirees are willing to help. So that's a, that's pretty good advice. Yeah,
1: but you know, I think you know, Robert, he's gotta be smart about that. Like he can't just be, you know, reaching out to a guy who did a few things offensively. He's gotta LeBron. find a guy who can amplify his skill set. He needs yeah. to find someone who can recognize, not just recognize, but actually cultivate what he does well. He runs the he runs the floor well, he can jump out the gym. You he can literally shoot over damn near anyone who's guarding him. Figure out a way to get him spots on the floor where he can use those skills to his advantage. Um, I think Robert, he's just a raw piece of talent right now who hasn't quite figured out how to refine his game at both ends of the floor. Defense, he's got that pretty much unlocked. He knows what he can do, what he can't do, and things of that nature. But his offense is just kind of this real murky, yet-to-be-determined entity out there. Yeah,
2: I think that it's a big summer for Robert, and I think the Celtics understand that. First of all, you give him a month off, let him, you know, rehab the knee, work, get the, get, as he may say, get the muscles stronger around that knee. And then, you know, he'll, he'll, up a little bit and then get to that gym, get to the, get to the lab and work on that offensive arsenal. So when you come back, you're a much better offensive player besides dunking, You could imagine who you're going to double. If he can start scoring in the pain, I'm not talking about dominating scoring 25 points a game. But Robert needs to be, Robert says, needs to say, okay, I'm gonna be a 10 and 10 guy. 10, 12 points a game, 10, 12 points, 10, 12 rebounds, three, four blocks. Not four blocks again, that's a lot, but 10, you know, 12, 12 in in two, two and a half. That should be his goal, 12 points a game. And not all on dunks, little short jumper, things like that to whereas he could do, he could help this offense be more versatile.
0: So what about Al Horford. Thirty-six years old, had a phenomenal playoff run. I think. What What do you see f- coming from him next year? What like What is the future for Al Horford? Oof. <laughs> it's great.
1: and loaded, question, loaded question. The future is, is one with lots of money. That's yeah. what his future looks like. Uh, listen, <laughs> the thing about Al Al, I, I respect the fact that Al frankly did the damn thing.
0: He put it uh, all he, there on the floor.
1: He went hard. I mean, Al did exactly what you want your veteran players to do, and that is play at a certain level during the regular season, become postseason time, step your game up. Now, of course, he had a couple of not so great games, like pretty much everyone on the damn Celtic roster, mm-hmm. but I thought from beginning to the, from the beginning of the playoffs to, to its end, I thought he was one of, if not the most consistent player for the Celtics. Uh, his ability to score his uh, defense, his rebounding. He was one of the few players that did most of those things at a relatively high level consistently. Uh, and there's no telling whether he can fire it up like that again next year. But if you're the Celtics, you're want to take a look and see. because he meant that much to you and your success this year?
2: Uh, I think Al, Al's fine. I think Al will take, be in great shape. He'll take care of himself he'll get his proper rest. And he'll do exactly what he needs to do. But I also think at age 36 to that 37, you don't you, you might want to temper some of this playing time, you know, you might not want to rely on him so much, mm-hmm. but I think that he is exceeding expectations. I think he's got another year left in him. Um, you know, and 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 then, you know, if you want to bring him back for another year after that, you can, you know, because he's obviously aging well. But I think with Al you know, um, keep working on that three, you know, maybe he can become like a 38% three point shooter, but I think he's improved, obviously shooting the ball. Um, I'd like to see Al post up a little more. I think that's what the Warriors, the the Warriors put him in those positions to where they made him a post ball for a post player, which is not really a game. And, you know, he can, but he takes a long time. It's like the it's like the, the old days where Patrick Ewing would get the ball, dribble, 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 left, left. Okay, now I'm gonna shoot. Like you got to be real quick with your moves in these in these days, you know, because doubles are ha- happening or whatever. And so I thought the the Warriors put Al in position to where it's like, okay, beat us in the post. Right. And I'm not saying make Al. You know, he's 36. He's not ever going to be a great post presence. Just a little bit of sharpening in his post game, to where he can punish, uh, you know, smaller lineups.
0: So our final recap person that we need to recap for the year is Coach Udoka. What you is your? <laughs> huh? Oh well, yeah, I guess yeah. Jalen, sorry. To speak about Jalen. Damn
2: Kwani, what you got in his <laughs> yeah, She gave him Dan lines too, Gary. He
0: get Dan lines too
2: <laughs> from Quani. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, she's I'm like, sorry, Jalen. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> He's he, all right.
0: Think... <laughs> he like... All right. What about Jalen? What did you guys think about <laughs> his playoff? right now. I, well, I've already... I thought that he had... If they had won, obviously they didn't. I still think he would have been... And this is not really like a hot take, but I think he would have been the MVP for this finals run that they had. What do you two think? No? Wow. Who who would have been your pick then?
1: Tatum was going to be MVP if the Celtics
0: won, because it's a popularity contest. But if yep. we're looking at the numbers; Jalen would have, and would he would have been snubbed then, and people would have had to riot. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, just like when Igudala won, there were guys who were better than him, but Iggy he put up had a good game at the right time, and it, and it was again. Big Gary, you would have voted for Tatum.
0: Yeah, uh, that's a
2: close one. I mean, it all depends on how they would have won the series. Uh, I thought Jalen had a, I mean, they only had 34 in game six. He was carrying them. I thought Jalen was good. Um I also think though, Jalen needs to work, obviously, it was we you know, he works well, was damn ball handling. Mm-hmm. Quit dribbling in traffic. He's got like he he was a when he first got to the league, he was a China bull in the China shop. You know, he was one of those like drive into the basket use my athleticism and get to the rim and opposing teams in the scouting report was just like, strip him. Then he'll, he'll, he's going too fast, strip him, the ball go off his hip. He'll turn it over. Then he started working uh, with the Cisco Tony Dobbs on his ball handling and he got better. I think a lot better, but for whatever reason, I think this year his ball handling took a step back and he needs to really work on his handle. Like, You know, as I said about Robert, you know, if you want to, if there's somebody who specializes, there's coaches who specialize in everything now, you want to go somewhere and work on ball handling drills, just work on it to where you don't get stripped, where the scouting report is not like strip this dude, reach in, you know, Jalen turned the ball over too much just on this dribble. And so if he does that, he's turned himself into a very good mid-range shooter, a solid, three-point shooter, you know, and, you know, get healthy too. I don't think Jalen was completely healthy, you know, get that hamstring right. Mm-hmm. You know, I think Jalen was laboring a little bit toward the end, get all, get healthy, but go work on that damn ball handling and free throw shooting. Freak throw shooting, he, you know, I mean, he missed a couple of free throws in that Miami series. That was really big. I mean, he, he was good from the, from the line pretty much in the golden state series, but He's got to work. He's going to get fouled. You can't be like a, a 72%. Like you got to be 80, 81, 82% from the line. Know that you're going to splash those free throws when you get those free points. So free throw shooting and hit ball head. Trout. Trout.
0: He's speechless. I know. I mean, the, the, the thing there's, he's
1: one of, he's, he's just one of those players that you see the progress, you see the growth, and you and you see the impact. But you 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 come away feeling, like, but there's something not quite there that's keeping him from being on that same plateau that Tatum is on. I know I what it ch- is. What's that? I know what it is. Okay, the, Coach Coach Lewis,
0: what we fact, got? It's the fact that Tatum's been given the kingdom. I think Jalen's still trying to figure out how do I. Be great while still being the second man in everyone's eyes. That's really what it seems like.
1: Uh, ah, no, I think there's more to it than that. I think that's part of it. I think that is part of the discussion, but I think there's more to it than just being second fiddle. Because you, if you're playing, if you're playing at a certain level, and the guy ahead of you is playing pretty good, but you're outplaying him, eventually you're going to topple him. Uh, mm-hmm. Marcus Smart was the guy for the Celtics. Then come a little Isaiah Thomas, who not only took his spot when he got hurt, he kept his spot when he got healthy. So I I don't know what it is that Jalen's missing, but the more you watch him play, it's little things that he could do that could really make it interesting between him and Tatum. If he had a tighter handle, and didn't turn a ball over as much. And instead of all those damn turnovers in the paint, he's hitting people with the mid-range J. Then all of a sudden, he becomes like scoring as many points or more than Tatum. And then you got to start asking yourself, okay, they're winning. He's scoring a lot of points. He's showing two-way talent. He's on the same plateau as, as JT, but he's not. Uh, because they're both of them have flaws in their games, but Jalen, they feel a little bit more pronounced. Uh, but again, this is a critical offseason for him and Tatum. I mean, Tatum... I think he needs to just continue to grow in his all-around game. Jalen has to become better at handling the ball, not dribbling into the sea of of opponent jerseys, losing the ball, and then it's just like it's off to the races the other way. He's got to cut that out. He has to trim that back.
0: Now we talk about the coach. Thank you, Gary, for making trying to miss anyone. What did you talk think about We're we not person? talking about Sam Houser? Oh, We're dude. not talking about everybody. All right. We're going to we pick. <laughs> no, did we talk one? about
2: Jason, though?
0: We we did. Did we not talk about Tate? Oh, my gosh. I thought we talked about Tatum. We've talked about Tatum the entire time. Yeah, we have. We
2: the turnovers. Like, yeah. We
0: did talk mm-hmm. about them. The 100 turnovers breaking the NBA finals record, <laughs> postseason yeah. record. We talked post-season about that
1: already. Record. He had a few.
0: He had a few. Yeah. yeah. All right, Udoka, let's get to him. You don't want to talk about Mary, the coach?
1: Well, you let her get to Udoka. Obviously, she want to talk about we Udoka. we talk about the coach? <laughs> she want to talk about the coach. You
0: want to- <laughs> You're a clown. What did you think about his first season as an NBA head coach?
1: Wonderful. Yeah. I mean, I mean, obviously. Yeah. The th- well, the thing about it is this. He didn't just win games. When you start looking at just the Coach of the Year awards, the, the, the there's, there's so many different levels in which he is on a short list of coaches in Celtics lore. Uh, and when you come into this to this franchise and you put your imprint on the game, not only in terms of style of play, but also substance of success, the way the he has team. in the first year, yeah, you, I mean, he's, he's a real one. Um, but he's got to get better just like the players do. He's got to get a better offensive system. I think Gary touched on this a little bit earlier. Their offense just doesn't look fluid. Uh, It looks very choppy. And if you, they don't even have to be like a top five offense, but damn, if you can put together a top 10 offense with the way they defend, you're going to be back in the finals. It's a matter of not if you get back there, but when. Are you going to be able to do it next year or the year after, or maybe the year after that? But they got to get better offensively. And a lot of that is on Yudoko to put in a system that works with with the talent that he's got around him, which, by the way, has to be upgraded. He knows that Brad knows that it's just a matter of how are they going to make that happen, but they got to get better players coming off that bench going forward.
2: Mm-hmm. I thought he, he did a great job as a first year head coach. I thought he was overdue for getting the job. I thought he handled everything. Well, I think it took a while to get used to his system. I thought he turned them into a, a premier defensive team. And, uh, you know, I thought his staff did did, did well. I just think, you know, you coach against someone who's won eight championships, three as a player, sorry, three as a coach before. with Steve Kerr, Kerr outfoxed him, and you know he's got to learn from that, and he's got to take away some things that Kerr did uh, from that. And um, I just I think eBay needs, and you know, uh, he's got to start trusting some of his players, and if he doesn't, they need to get out of there. Like he's got to have some frank conversations with Brad about this guy, this guy, this guy, like, do I want to play him? Is he going to be part of our future? If Eme doesn't think so, uh, then he needs to let Brad know that. And I think obviously they'll have those those frank conversations about the, the future of the roster, because it was obvious, he just, as I said, he didn't trust Daniel Tice. He didn't really trust Lee Smith. And so that wore everybody else the hell out. And, you know, he ran uh, some of his players, too, probably a tad bit too hard, but it's the finals you're going to play 40 minutes a game. So, um, and I just think, you know, some of his weaknesses, game six when he put in Pritchard and White at the same time when they had that lead and all of a sudden they got punched in the mouth and, you know, he put, you know, White, neither White nor Pritchard were going to score. So you put two non-scorers on the floor against Golden State who started to score. And it was just a terrible situation. and They ended up trailing after the first quarter. They really couldn't recover. So I think i give him an a, a minus, B plus, grade for his first year. Um, eight, eight, obviously, it would have been an A if they won a championship, yeah. A plus. But I think he can learn some things. I think maybe hiring an offensive coordinator or working better with the offense and also upgrading the roster. And I'm sure he'll have a say in who's going to come back and who's going to
0: not come back. Before before we move on, because you two mentioned the uh, upgrades that they need to make during this off season, betonline.ag is our partner. So of course we have to show them some love. They're the place where you can find all the latest odds and news and sports developments, including the NHL Conference Finals. Right now, actually it's the, The the, the Stanley Cup Final where the Lightning and the Colorado Avalanche are playing against each other. Tampa Bay is looking for a three-peat, so it's time for you to put your money down and see whether or not they're able to do that. You have Major League Baseball. I'm sure Red Sox fans don't want to hear it, but the Yankees are looking pretty good right now. And all the latest fighting news, really any sport or game that you can think of, betonline.ag has you covered. They have wagering information, live betting, playoffs, eSports, and so much more. So head to their website, betonline.ag, Use our promo code CLNS50 for a 50% welcome bonus. And that's where you can get into all the action. So Online, they're where the games start. The Celtics have a lot to look forward to for next season. Again, we're going to focus on the positivity. They had a really strong playoff run. But the, pl- the draft is coming up in a few days, two days at this point. So what kind of moves are you two hoping that the Celtics, if they're even able to at that point, make during this draft? And crickets, uh, crickets. Uh, crickets,
1: crickets. That's what I'm. That's what I'm hearing on draft. Lots of crickets. crickets. I don't think they'll. I don't think they'll do much because I, I think Brad and and E-May, uh, and all the different things that the Celtics have done over the last year or so. The one thing that really sticks out to me when you talk about roster building and development is that they ain't in the business to go young and hungry no more. They yeah. are looking to add cats who have a little bit of season under the belt got a little bit got a couple flex of basketball gray hair in their game right now who didn't just come into the league uh, that that's why you look again you look at a, that bench a guy like Derek white uh, who's been around the block but isn't quite over the, the hill. Uh, and they need more guys like that obviously different skill set but they need guys who who have some experiences that they can bring to the table who have very specific strengths, that fit their need. They need someone who can come in and can score at the wing position. And whether that's Aaron Neesmith shocking the world and becoming the player that everyone saw he was as a 14th overall pick, or whether you go out and get a guy like Terrence Ross out of Orlando or someone else who has a longer track record of success and could be in the market to move into a situation to play for a team that is legitimately contending for a title.
2: Well, if we're talking about the draft, they have a 53rd pick, right? So, like, that's not going to be Especially if they
0: get anything.
2: <laughs> yeah, what I'd like to see is them bring in more draft prospects. Like, the, the fact is, okay, if you want to trade up, like, higher in the second round, if you see someone you like, like, go after the player you really want and go after some players who can maybe impact your roster. Because if you look at the two-way guys, Matt Ryan and Broderick Thomas, like, eh, you know, are they prospects Are those guys going to play quality NBA minutes eventually? Like who really knows, right? Like you have to start putting some real, some prospects on your team, like Jawan Morgan, uh, Stauskas, we'll see what happens with him in the off season. I think they're going to really try to develop Sam Hauser because he can really shoot. Um, And they know they kind of slipped with Max Struess. So they're just like, okay, we're not gonna mess this up again. We're gonna develop this damn shooter, even if he needs a couple of years. But get some dudes, and then you know, the summer league is coming up like they got the kid from France, uh Bergen, and then the kid from Israel. Like are they are they guys you can maybe bring to camp? Like, I think that they're gonna have to to really make some decisions on some of the young players and also, you know, it. Brad, do something on draft night. Grab someone who gets d- trade up higher into the second round and grab a, a guy who could help you maybe next year, a guy who might have slipped. Like, surprise us. Don't just, well, like you trade traded the, your draft pick, the first round pick the last two years. Okay, now you only have 53. But do something to make, I think the fan base wants to be excited about some people coming in. And it's not going to be a first round pick. Like, obviously, you got to give up a lot for first round picks, but perhaps trade higher to the second round. Get a kid who's played four years of college who might be able to help you right away. Get someone in there, you know, or take a project, take someone who, you know, is 19 years old from the G League Ignite or something and work with them and put them on a two way, like, bring some, keep bringing the youth and somebody who can help you into this program and because you can't have your bench with Jawan Morgan and Malik Fitz and, like, you know, those are nice guys or whatever. They'll play in summer league, but you need to see to get some veterans or get some prospects. Look at the Warriors. Now, they got lucky in the lottery, but they got Moody, Wiseman, and Kaminga waiting to play, who didn't play in the finals. Like, that's prospects. and and, and obviously you're not going to they came all high graphics but you in these days in this draft with all these dudes coming out and who knows what's who's going to do what right because Jordan Poole is a 28th pick like you can grab a very good player in the second high second round who will help your team you just got to pick the right one
1: yeah it's I I don't, I don't know, Gary. Um, I don't know. I I don't know about this crew. I don't know about this crew. Uh, I, I, it's so much of of success comes down to prospect finding Uh, and nobody does that better than golden state. Uh, When you look at the guys that they've, I mean, even think about it, they, they went to six of the last eight NBA finals and in two years where they didn't make it to the damn playoffs, they wound up getting a damn number one pick in a year where he was clearly one of the top two or three prospects in the draft. And he, and he fit a very specific need that they're going to have going forward. And that is a versatile big who can patrol the perimeter or control the interior. I mean, so the Celtics, they got to hit some home runs. You got to find you, you know, that, that Jimmy Butler uh, in the second round, that Draymond green type at 54, those guys are out there. It's just a matter of getting the right fit because that's really what, when you're picking where they are, It's all about fit. It's never about the player. It's all about fit because talent at that point is one hundred percent subjective. So, Brad and his staff have to do a better job of scouting. And you're right, Gary. If they want to move up, they're going to have to give up some serious collateral. um, Which is why I don't think they'll. I don't think they'll find a spot in the first round. I don't think that they have the stomach to bring on another young pup who they're going to have to develop, who may not develop at a rate that they need. I mean, look, you brought in Neesmith. He hasn't really developed the way you wanted to. You had Romeo. He's gone. Uh, Pritchard has been up and down. Uh, you, you just start going down a list of, of guys that they had to develop. Other than Tatum and Brown, who have they really – and I, I thought Mark is smart in that category as well. Robert, you
2: know, those- Robert Williams is a guy who was a late first-rounder that they big developed. That's best-case scenario because 27th pick is not – obviously, some of these dudes are out of the league already. Over the if you look over the last couple of years and some of these drafts and look at some of these guys, you're like, damn, that dude's out the league already, three, four years in. But you can trade into the high second round if you see somebody you really want. You know, Brad's got to maybe take some chances here. You know, you've already traded your last two first round picks. Trade up, whether it's a future you know a future second or whatever, to go up and get a guy that you you can target. You know. Well, who knows the kid from Israel or the kid from um, France who played in something like they might maybe they'll be the answer they'll get brought over to summer league and and we'll see if they get an invites to camp or whether they head back overseas but they've got to improve their youth infusion of youth and you know these guys I love Malik Fitz and Jawan Morgan and some of these guys but like if they're not NBA players, they shouldn't be on your roster, or they should be on two-way contracts, developing. And so you want to do that, and then have some of your guys on the end of your bench or on your bench as quality vets. You know, I I, I still think they should have just kept Joe Johnson. Why? Because he's an old head, and he could have given the guys some advice. And I'm not talking about playing. He could have, but like, he could have been that. Udinas have them for them. Right, hey guys, this is what you need to do: go on the team, the brand on the road. Like, if you're gonna waste a roster spot, don't waste it on Taco. Waste it on somebody. Use it on somebody who's gonna help you. You know, in the on the on the in the locker room too. So I thought they should have kept Joe Johnson. I didn't understand why they just you know to keep Jawan had Jawan Morgan. Like, no offense against Jawan Morgan or Malik Fitz. Like, that didn't make no sense to me.
1: Yeah. I mean, it doesn't make sense. You're right. And they they definitely have some work to do. Um, But the good news is that they don't have to do like a lot of organizations and ponder whether we need to blow this thing up or not. Because I mean, the one good thing about this postseason run is I think it's cemented in the minds of many that you can build a championship caliber team with Jason and Jalen as your core, as part of your core. It's just a matter of surrounding them with not just talent, but the right kind of talent. Like if you put a bunch of long athletic wings around who can't shoot, that ain't going to do a damn thing for them. But you put guys around there who can knock down shots, all of a sudden they become... More than just really good players, they become leaders of a championship-caliber team, and that's ultimately what you want to have happen. You, you're not going to win a championship every year, but damn it, you can put a team together that can position itself to compete for it, and that's what is I think that's where the Celtics are now. What can they do to keep the pieces or keep adding to to their core so that that core can continue to be in championship comp- competitive mode? That's the, that's the challenge that that Brad Stevens faces this offseason.
0: And it sounds like he said on Tuesday when he was talking about what's next for the future, they're willing to just go all in, put money where it needs to be. So, to your two points, it sounds like there will be a rebuild in some ways, but obviously with keeping this forward. we got to do.
2: We got that, to be a luxury tax team. We got to use that yeah. seventeen million dollar trade exception. Um, all the money. <laughs> yes, yeah, so we you got another trade exception. I think of of, of uh, seven million that's by July Set so like Brad's got it. I'm sure he's working. I have no question about Brad's work ethic or he's prepared. He's going to be completely prepared for July 1st, but you got to hustle and get the guys in um, to, you know, and use that training center for the Evan Fournier deal. Like put some dudes on your roster. I always uh, A college coach once told me, you know, you pad your roster, with guys who can compete for minutes and and the guys who don't get those minutes, they sit, but you have competition. You don't have eight guys who can play and the other four or five can't. And that's what the Celtics have been the last couple of years. Now this, you know, Brad did his due diligence. He got rid of Romeo. He sent out Shimei, you know, Taco, great, great story, but see you later. Tremont, you're not an NBA point guard, unfortunately. Like he. He cleared out some space. He traded it's like he cleared out some space, but I also thought he didn't help Ime for the playoffs by signing guys like Jawan Morgan and Malik Fitz to sit there and be cheerleaders. Like you need ballers. Look at the Warrior had Ibadola, you know, things like guys like that. They, they Jordan Poole off the bench. They even had what's the kid's name? Um, the dude with the braids, who didn't play much at all. Um, I can't remember his name. Um, I don't, I'll, hold on, let me look up his name real quick. But um, Damian Lee, Juan Toscano Anderson. You know what I'm oh, saying? He's
0: like, the first well, Mexican American to but, win like, NBA championship.
2: Juan Champions. Toscano Anderson was playing like quality minutes at one time. Mm-hmm. I guess he just kind of lost out uh, when Iguodala came back or whatever. But like, that's the end of their bench. Damian Lee's a pretty damn good player. He just doesn't, you know, he's playing on a on a finals team. Like that's what you gotta have. Like Juan because Anderson can play quality minutes for in Atlanta or Indiana, or the, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you're gonna be a title team, that's what your yeah. roster has to look like. Dudes who are like, man, I could play somewhere else, but I'm enjoying this ride. I'm sure Toscano Anderson would, would love to play more, but he's a champion, so is Damian yeah. Lee. You know what I'm saying? And like that's yeah. Damian Lee probably could get on the Celtics rotation if he played in Boston. Like you can't have eight dudes, and then the rest five or six are unplayable. And, and, and that's you know, in, in how's the prospect and you sign Stauskas, but I did not get when there's dudes out there who could have helped you signing Pitts and signing Jawan Morgan. Like, what are we doing? You know, Jawan ain't playing, so he's a cheerleader. Like, what are we doing here? Sign a vet who can at least be an old head on the bench, give some guys some advice. As I said, Joe Johnson, it didn't have to be Joe Johnson, could be anybody, you know, shit. Excuse my language. Sign Michael Beasley. You know, so, sign somebody who who can get your buckets. Michael you B. Tori. Like, like like, I'm yeah. saying, like, if he, if he, if he's not good enough to play, then he sits. He then what's Michael doing? He's a, he's playing in the big three. You don't think he'd be like, Shoot, I'll sit on a bench in Boston and travel and eat all the first-class food and all that. I'll do that. Yeah, shoot. Sounds good. I'm good. I'll come back next year and do the same thing. Like you, know, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like what do y'all think? Better? These dudes ain't got no... These dudes, this is a tough league. These dudes ain't trying to go overseas and ain't trying to play in the big three. They. I'll be at the end of the bench. You think Joe Johnson would have been like, Joe, you're not going to play much. Oh, no, I'm out of here. I need to play 25 minutes. Jump mm-hmm. like, cool. Oh, I'll get the charter flight, free food, first class of four seasons on the road, and watching for the end of the bench. Don't and practice you know, much. You know what I mean? Yeah, walking on my game and knowing I'm probably not going to play.
0: No, that's why the Warriors were in the NBA Finals for six of the last eight seasons, because as corny as it sounds, the strengthening numbers model that they had really was true to what they advertise and that's why they were able to win you need a deep bench in this league you can't rely on Tatum Brown and Al to be playing all these minutes you need depth that's common sense obviously but that's,
2: this, that's, that's, that's like like the Celtics can't no longer be cheap or mm-hmm. oh we don't want to be a tax team like yeah. this you are in the big leagues now you're no you're not and money you're not Memphis oh Memphis gonna be good but you're not one of these cheap ass teams you are you want to run with the ball, big dogs? Like Mark, you said, you want to run with the big dogs? Go and golden state. You mean. got to compete with the big dogs and yeah. put your roster at that level to where he may has options. And you know what? If, if a veteran doesn't play, you wave them. You know, a little one-year deal. Like, you know, it's a, it's about sometimes costing yourself some money or taking chances on guys and it doesn't work. But mm-hmm. to me, that's where Brad let Emei down. Because Emei looked at that bench and was just like, okay, um, who the hell can I play here? Uh, Ty Snow? Stowski said, eh, probably not. It's like the end of
0: a pickup game and you have the last few players yeah, left. Yeah, it's
2: like, you know, so he played eight guys and then the three bench guys weren't scoring. So they were at a major disadvantage. Meanwhile, Jordan Poole hitting banking in threes and hitting 30 footers. you like, like, okay, they, they ain't got it here.
0: But as Belichick would say, we're on to next season. Are we right? Am I right? <laughs> episode 81 in the books. It's been a fun season though. And we still have a lot to talk about in the off season. You got, the, the viewers are not done with us just yet, but I think we perfectly recap this finals run, and we'll see how they can come back next year, bigger and stronger. Yeah. And we'll be talking
1: obviously during the summer with summer league and, and and off season free agents. So there's 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 gonna be plenty to talk about. And that that trade that TPE they got, I think it's like seventeen million and some change or something like that. Um, and Five. Brad did. And Brad Stevens was asked about just you know the the finances and just whether they will be able to do what they need to do. And Brad was pretty emphatic and, and Kevin, real short and sweet, like, yep, we got ownership word that we're going to be able to do what we need to do. So we'll see. We'll see if they're willing to cut that check. But the one thing Wick, in, in conversations I've had with him through the years has made absolutely clear that if they have a team that is a championship contender, they will pay what they need to pay in order to, to compete when it's clear that they're a championship contender. And there's no doubt right now that they came two damn game wins away from winning a title. So we'll see if they're gonna spend what they need to spend in order to get over the hump and, and win it and bring Banner 18 to Boston.
0: And once again, a shout out to our sponsors, betonline.hg and indeed.com. Use those promo codes if you're gonna sign up for H Rob Blakely and Gary Washburn. I'm Kwani A. Lunis. This is the A-list podcast.